This is Meet the Movie Press. It's November 22nd, 2019. On the show today, Joker sequel, that cat trailer, Star Trek 4 plus Frozen 2, Knives Out, 21 Bridges and more reviewed. Stay tuned. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. And now. Here's Popcorn Talks, Meet the Movie Press. This is Meet the Movie Press. It is November the 22nd, 2019. The clock is going to be ticking down. There's a lot to get through today, and it's our last show before Thanksgiving. There will be no show next week, because neither of us will be intending to put our pants on. <laughs> right. Uh, Scott Menzel, uh, welcome back. How Thank are you? you, sir. I'm great. How are you doing? I'm good. Do you know what? I'm, I'm absolutely exhausted. Dude, I'm so tired, too. I just, I can't <laughs> wait... In Hollywood, yeah. they, everything shuts down next week, and yeah. we're very thankful because we need a break because right when it comes back after Thanksgiving, it'll be award season and award season and award season, and we'll be running around like madmen. And we've been at events pretty much every single night. Oh, my God. Every, at least one event every single night for like the last two months. Yes. And the last kind of big, aside from obviously Cats and, and Star Wars, um, it's 1917, which, we see, which on Sunday. we see on Sunday, and then that's kind of the big awards contender one, the last one that we need to get through. Um, but do you know what? I can see the end of the road <laughs> is in sight, which is great, and those screeners are coming in very handy. Oh, yes. Every movie that comes in, I'm like, oh, I don't have to leave the apartment. Yeah. That's amazing. Uh, okay, a lot to get through this week, but obviously a big part of the show. Well, there was no reason being here uh, if it wasn't for them. Uh, the people in the chat, the people who listen to the show and watch the show every single week already in the chat. If you know you're watching this show live, then you are able to take part in the chat section on YouTube. Uh, Ricky Davila is in there this morning. Good morning, Ricky. Blackwalk316, The Blair Bitch Project, uh, the other Scott M, uh, and Sarah Brockle, everybody. And then Kenny Yu in there as well. Hello to everybody. And obviously, film nerd Jamie, uh, especially good morning to you. First time film nerd Jamie has been able to watch the show going out live. As well. Um, now, before we start, Scott, for those people who don't know who you are, who are you and where can we find you, please? Hi, you can find me over at WeLiveEntertainment.com. I'm the other editor in chief over there. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at the other Scott M. Okay, uh, Joker back in the, the news yes. for two reasons this week. Uh, a sequel apparently in the works with Todd Phillips, also planning yet another DC character origin movie, and the Joker being the first R rated movie to cross $1 billion. Right, let's look at the, the $1 billion R rated movie. Uh, landmark uh, milestone that it managed to achieve this week with no real surprise. Uh, I, I was going to say, any real surprise to you? Did you think it was going to top one billion? No, not real. I, I mean, I didn't expect it to build the word of mouth that it has. Mm. I, and I almost think in this case, the mixed reactions really helped fuel this movie's success. Yeah, I agree. Because I think it started off at the, you know, Venice, mm -hmm. and it was like praise. Everyone's like, oh, my God, best movie ever. And then it went to TIFF, and then it was kind of like more of a mixed. And then, you know, there was all this controversy surrounding the movie with, yep. you know, violence. Oh, my God, the violence is going to happen. Yep. And I think more and more people started getting excited, and more people were curious about it. And they were like, let me see what all the fuss is about. And there's been so many people who have loved this movie and have went back and seen it repeatedly. Yep. And I think that it has also helped. It's got so many repeat customers for this movie. It's like an Avengers Endgame in a lot of ways. And I think it's also because it's really got a lot of people who, uh, A, don't go and see uh, superhero yep. comic book movies out of the, to see it in the movie theater. And also, I know a lot of people who don't often go to the movie theater who have picked it as one they do want to see on the big screen, perhaps one of five movies over the year that they definitely wanted to see that environment. So I think that's really helped. Um, do you think the controversy, that, that obviously there was a lot of controversy surrounding it, actually helped uh, in, in in a major way? You know, I, I thought initially, and I think we talked about it on this show, when, yeah. when the violence came out, I thought it was going to actually scare people away mm. from seeing this movie in the movie theater because that's what happened with The Dark Knight Rises. After yep. that event happened, the movie didn't perform as well. It's weird because maybe it's because we live in a constant state of fear now. Yep. And at, you know, politics and the, everything that is the way that it is, that people said, you know what, I'm not going to stop living my life. I'm going to go see this movie. But the, it's, it's one of those movies as well this year that's really held its audience. I mean, week on week drop off have oh, been so good. enviable from every other studio, from every other, you know, franchise, every other marketplace. It's held screens and the drop off has been low when, you know, if you go to a movie theater now and you see Joker, it's still got a healthy turnout. 
It's still got a healthy turnout for a lot of screenings. Um, obviously, if it didn't have that, then exhibitors wouldn't have it in the theatres. Um, but it has been really interesting. And do you think it is that word of mouth um, that, that's really you know, prevented there being too much of a drop-off? Or is it just because it is genuinely a really good movie? I think both. Okay. I, and I also think that it has to do with curiosity. I think a lot of people yeah. are just curious uh, curious to, to actually think about this film and, and, and go see it and form their own opinion. Yeah. Because I think this is one where, like, the reviews have just been, it's either love it or hate it. There's very few people yeah. who've seen Joker who are kind of like, eh, it's okay. Mm. It's, it doesn't seem to exist all that much. Yeah, there's no, there's not a lot of that middling. Right. Yeah. And I, and I think when you have reactions like this, that gets someone to go to a theater and say, "Ooh, I need to make the decision up for myself." Yeah. When you have a movie that has very mediocre reviews overall, mm. you know those are the ones that tend in history it tends to not do as well which is a lot of movies right now because we're kind of in this area where there is so much content and you know a good 60% of stuff that's out there is very much in the meh it's fine but it's you know, it's 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 not it's not it's not a visceral reaction on either no. either end of the spectrum. It's like a great example this week, Twenty One Bridges, and um, we're going to get to that later in the show. I mean, that's a, it's a fine movie, but it's neither brilliant and it's neither bad. It's weird. Um, people in the chat talking about this as well. Uh, Blair Bitch Project suggesting a couple of topics in there um, as great. Uh, yeah, as always, Star Wars. Yes, there's always Star Wars. News. Always. There's always comic book. Uh, enjoy your turkeys from the Blair Bitch Project and for those of you who aren't eating meat, um, enjoy your... Uh, vegan turkey. Vegan turkey? Yeah. Vergie? Yeah. Verky? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, uh, Ricky Davila in there. Uh, I truly hope there's no sequel to Joker. Um, I'd like to see more origin standalone stories in the vein of Joker and other DC villains please no sequel um, and Blair Bitch Project saying I don't think anyone uh, predicted one billion for Joker I don't think even Warner predicted no. one billion for Joker but if there was ever a, new, a year that they needed a, a billion dollar movie like this it is this year so let's talk about the fact that a sequel's in the works I mean to be honest with you as much as I enjoyed Joker and I did really like it it's one of my favourite movies of the year um I don't want a sequel because I'm absolutely fine with this story being left there. I would much rather see uh, Todd look at some other DC character origins. I think those would be great to explore. I just don't genuinely think we need a Joker sequel. It would ruin it. I, I mean, I, I that's how I feel about it. Like, it, it was so special seeing this movie because... It's lightning in a bottle. It was. And it, like... There was so much talk about it, and mm. people even, you know, kind of even going into the movie, people were like, this is going to be awful, this is going to be great. It was, it's kind of like the same way that the whole movie's fate has played out. Like, yeah. people are just like, it's going to be awful, it's going to be great. And by putting out a sequel, it, it really just cheapens the movie. Yeah. It really does, because... The goal and all the messaging in the movie was to spark conversation, to spark debate. Yep. And if you're going to make a sequel, it's going to take away from all that. It really does. Yeah. And it, it was a standalone. That's what they wanted to do. They didn't need a sequel. And also Todd Phillips. I mean, you know, he, his his resume uh, is quite varied. <laughs> a lot of a lot of comedies with with a lot of movies in there that that haven't really landed well. And I'll be honest with you, the only sequel we've seen from Todd Phillips is The Hangover Part 2. And for me, that is one of the most disappointing sequels of all time. And then The Hangover 3 coming in just behind that as again... (laughs) Because what you had with that was, it was basically like, let's take everything from the first movie and fundamentally do it again, but set it in a different location. And then people were like, do something different. And then when they did something different for the third one, that still wasn't particularly good. Um, I, I just... I don't really want a sequel at all. I think they explore other characters. But if they did do a sequel, should it be Todd at the helm or should Todd step aside and let somebody else direct that? What do you think would be the wiser choice? If I was Todd, I would take an exec production credit on it and I would have someone else direct. I think you need some fresh eyes. It's hard because it kind of became his baby in a lot of ways. But at the same time, it could backfire, too. So, yeah. and, But again, this is what the problem is when things make money, is that the creative talents at B need to say no. They yeah. need to say, like, okay, we're happy this movie did well, mm. but we shouldn't do it. And I, and I feel like, you know, everyone's talking about, is Joaquin Phoenix going to be back? Mm. And he signed up 
for this movie because he was so in love with the script and the material and the way that the character was. It presented something very different to what's out there. That I'm almost afraid he won't even sign back up Mm. unless it's getting the same level of quality. Yeah. So that's also something that Warner Brothers has to be concerned with. Which is going to be very difficult to do, because like we say, it's lightning in a bottle. A lot of this is first time. It's very sort of uh, organic. It's something that Joaquin spent a lot of time developing. But I think also, you know, there is this... I know there is that, that temptation because a movie has landed particularly well and has had this general strong welcome. And you know, you know, if your first one can make a billion, unlikely the second one's going to make a billion. But you can certainly get a, a huge amount of that returning audience. I just, there, but there's this thing. I think studios need to resist this sequel idea. Just because something works well doesn't mean you have to do that same thing again. Yeah. And I just think there are, even if you did in this whole sort of, you know, create this universe, there are so many other characters that you can do similar things with, but not. But differently, yeah. And, and what's really you can't ups- do a Joker. And what's really upsetting about this is the fact that it was, ma- you know, I I know people disagree with me on this, but it was a magical experience seeing this movie because mm. of the fact that it was so different than any other Joker version that we've seen before. Yeah, very much. And so. it was unexpected, and and people either way, if if you loved it or you hated it, it was very unexpected for the viewer. Yeah. No one expected it to be this dark. No one expected it to go the, the direction that it went. Dark yet accessible. Yes. Which is not, the two often don't come hand in never. hand. Never. I shouldn't say never, but very, very rarely. Mm. You just can't, you can't replicate that. Yeah. And, and, and if you try, you're, you're more than likely going to fail. Yeah. And, and I just leave well enough alone. Mm. And it just takes away from this movie. I can't, I can't say that enough it just it takes away from the film being what it was yeah it's just it cheapens it yeah so don't so don't do it and and there's so many original ideas in hollywood and this is like you can take here's an example this is a great example of how you can take a story that Mm. everyone thinks that they knew do something different with and it comes across as being a franchise movie but also something that's original yeah so just do that again with all the other villains that you have to pick from Take a Superman villain. Take a bat- another Batman villain. You have all these comic books to go for. Yeah. Just take something else. Give us a good Lex Luthor. Yeah. Um, so people in the chat talking about this. Uh, film no Jamie Phillips denying the sequel report means nothing. He did. He did <laughs> kind of deny it at one point, but you know it keeps it. Yeah. Uh, standard operating procedure to lie until dies, uh, deals are closed. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, uh, a Blairvich project saying I honestly thought that it would do four hundred to five hundred million tops. Uh, Ricky saying, yep, no one predicted it. I only expected 300 to 500 million uh, max. Um, and also, Blair Witch Project, uh, it's odd that they made this, what made this movie big, uh, Straight Edge Vegan Bell. Uh, I love this show, guys. Thank you, Straight Edge Vegan Bell. We really appreciate it. Uh, just watched uh, Mandalorian cha- uh, Chapter 3. Uh, it's fantastic. Yes, I know. I've heard a lot of things about that. Uh, Sarah Brockle, I saw Doctor Sleep last night. Sarah, let me know what you think about that. Uh, Blair Witch Project, Forbidden Fruit is a sweetener. Uh, Shazam, previous to Joker, made 360 65 million Blair Bitch Project. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I genuinely thought, I mean, Shazam, uh, oh God, that was only earlier this year that I know. came out. That feels like a lifetime ago. It really does. Oh my God. I thought it came that out ju- last year. Yeah. Oh boy, okay. <laughs> oh God, I just want this year to be over. Come uh, <laughs> Egan, just make it stop. Uh, I don't want a sequel to Joker either because it's brilliant and perfect the way it is. Um, cannot be reproduced. And I think that's the thing. You just don't really want to reproduce it. Blair Bridge Project, uh, TP, uh, will be uh, in another hangover situation. Exactly the point that I made. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ricky, uh, it ruined Warner Brothers' reputation to make a sequel uh, and hurt them down the line if they want to take another risk like Joker because mm-hmm. the sequel wasn't good. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Kame Egan, just pleased for Joker. It was more of a psychological mind thriller instead of a typical visual violent comic book film. Yeah, I think there's so many things about Joker that set it apart that I think are actually really should be lauded. And before we move on, Sky Patterson saying, Simon, I think the Warner Brothers slash DC and Tom Phillips should produce films that explore the mental breakdown of DC comic villains. Uh, Joaquin Phoenix's Joker cameo. Uh, mm. So characters like Ivy, uh, President Lex Luthor, Freeze. Yeah, I think that would be really good. And it's something I would really be interested to see. And there's nothing in this comic book world out there like that. We kind of touched on it with Nolan's Batman, that sort of, you know, the psychology of of, of, of mania. Um, but it will be interesting to explore. Um, 
Still not buying Phoenix winning the Oscar. Uh, my gut says the guy from Richard Jewell uh, will be a dark horse. I literally tweeted that exact same thing uh, <laughs> after seeing that movie this week. Uh, Paul Walter Hauser, I think, is is very uh, deserving of a, of a best act, even though I didn't entire entirely love the movie. So Blockbuster now, um, a, a Joker is a blockbuster. It's made over a billion dollars. Last year when uh, Black Panther was nominated for Best Film, it's like, you can't, it's a blockbuster. Rah, rah, it's mainstream. Uh, would you consider Joker to be a uh, mainstream blockbuster or is it still, just because of the, the, the what it is as a movie, it kind of manages to transcend that simple label? I mean, by the definition of a blockbuster, it's not a blockbuster. Right. Because it's supposed to be over $100 million. Okay for the budget and it's not over 100 million for the budget it was mm. made for peanuts yeah which is makes it so much more impressive yes absolutely <laughs> but i i i kind of think that um it's the money again which is basically causing all this discussion yeah yeah I, I think if the movie stopped at like as as people in the chat were saying about like 300 400 million mm. i don't think there'd be any conversation about it it's yeah. just that the studio sees green they see their other failures this year, yep. and they're kind of like, okay, we can do it in the, we can do this. And uh, Sky Patterson's uh, decision over here, and his his suggestion, I guess you should say, um, of making uh, various films about character breakdowns. Oh, I would love to see that, yep. and that would be something that really separates DC from Marvel. Yep. Like, just keep on that path, which I would it, welcome. Yeah, me I would too. genuinely welcome that. Uh, okay, let's talk about um, uh, other things that uh, that kind of hit the uh, the headlines this week. Another Cats trailer um, dropped this week, and obviously uh, Tay Tay's um, attempt yeah. uh, for uh, or, or her bid for uh, best original song, new song that's going to be involved in Cats, uh, dropped this week as well. I know you're a big fan of Taylor Swift. Um, the Cats trailer um, when that dropped this week, I, I, I'm still very concerned about that movie. <laughs> yeah. I'm still really concerned about the movie. I, I cannot... Either it's just a really bad trailer or two really bad trailers or there is something potentially horribly wrong with this movie. And I would be then amazed why Universal at some point didn't just go, this isn't working, let's pull the plug rather than getting this close to the wire, especially with awards season. What, Your th thoughts first of all on the trailer? Uh, I have the same reaction to it that I had for the first one. Mm. I, I know, like, everyone's really shitting on this movie. To me, I'm, I asked the question, like, I asked the last time we talked about this. What were you expecting? Um, because it is Cats. Mm. And the only thing that I can say is that I am disappointed that they're not using actual costumes and instead using CGI. And I think that would have probably uh, given the whole thing a completely different feel and the reactions would be completely different. Right. And it also probably would have helped the budget a little bit too, right? <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> and it would also probably be done by now. Yes. Yeah. Uh, that being said, um, yeah, I, I, I'm expecting it to be campy fun. That's what I'm hoping for. Yeah. Then. I don't think it's going to be great mm. uh i don't think it's going to have greater showman magic or things like that no. i think it's just going to be a fun time and it's going to be a campy delight that's that's how i'm and i and i think they're i think they have kind of grabbed onto that right yeah. i think the studio the twitter handle they were having fun with all the reactions and their responses to mm. things I think they know what they have. The problem is, is that again we talk about risks. Three hundred million dollars on this. Yeah, that's a little risky. And as someone who loves movie musicals, likewise, I'm worried that if this movie does not do well, it's going to start the downfall of like, oh, maybe we shouldn't do movie musicals yeah. because that's what happens in Hollywood. Like you have one or two ones that kind of slip up and don't do as well. Yeah. And then they're like, maybe we need to pull back and not do these anymore. And that's the thing. I mean, for me, I think it's great that they're embracing this as, as something that is sort of camp and fun. But a lot of the success of, of musical musical movies like this, and, and uh, Greatest Showman was a great example of this, actually. Yeah. Um, it, it's getting people who wouldn't usually go and see musical movies into the theater. And there is right now very little, if anything, to appeal to anyone who doesn't really want to see Cats the musical as a movie visually it's not like oh I like the look of it so therefore I'll give it a chance it's having the opposite effect people are like well this looks worse than I thought it was going to be yeah. uh, so I think that's going to be the real struggle do you think it'll make its budget back that for me uh, I'm, I don't know internationally uh, you yeah. know it's going to it's 
it's kind of weird, right? Because you do have all these actors, mm. but it I think it's really relying very heavily on Taylor Swift. Yeah. Because of the fact that she's so popular, it includes her song, and she's playing like one of the main characters. Mm. I think her fans are ultimately going to have to come out and support this movie. Yeah. But I do feel like it's going to do much better overseas than it's going to do here. I think it could potentially do very well in Asia. Yeah. The Asian markets, I think, will particularly probably have have fun with this. Um, yeah, I'm just, I'm really not predicting, you know, high box office uh, domestically no. at all. They're going to have to rely on that international. I think it might make its money back. I could see it doing 500, maybe, globally. And I think that's kind of, be kind of this pushing is gonna, it too. Yeah, I mean that. I'm not even particularly comfortable saying that, but I'm giving it the benefit of the doubt, um, which I think is going to be interesting. Um, but cats may not be done in time to qualify for Golden Globes, SAG Awards, and more like that. You see, award season is going to be crucial for this movie because, especially when you think what it's going up against in movie theaters, it's going up against Jumanji, it's going up against Star Wars. Um, it, it's award season really where this needs to kind of have another hook to, to hang this on. I agree and I disagree. Okay, okay. why? So, so, if you remember, Greatest Showman came out against Last Jedi That's and why. Jumanji. Mm-hmm. And it had legs. It was like one of the movies that like never opened at number one. When it first came, opened that weekend, yep. they thought like, oh my God, this is going to bomb horribly. Mm. And it just kept building audiences over and over and people went back i mean i'm one of them i went back to see that movie multiple times in yeah, the theater it's a great experience people they did sing-alongs they 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 really embraced it the benefit of greatest showman has over cats is the fact that it was an original musical yeah it had hugh jackman and it cost half of what this movie costs yeah actually even like one third i think it was like under a hundred under a hundred for, wow. for that okay. movie so when you put those things into the category, yeah. that is what cats can hope for. The problem is, is that the budget is really going to hurt that, and I don't think it has the star power. I mean, it no. doesn't just doesn't have the star power. I mean, yes, we all love Jennifer Hudson; she has a great voice. Taylor Swift, you know, people are on the fence about her, you know, but she, you know, you like her voice, you hate her voice, you like her, you hate her, whatever. But there's no selling person for this yeah. you know hugh jackman and then um kiela C- settle yep you know really in that in that you got the broadway star and you got hugh jackman in that one yep this one you just kind of have like these fan groups of these actors or these singers and i don't know if it's gonna i don't know if it's gonna translate and and the I fact mean, the, the, that the cast is dated you know cats is dated yeah. I, it, it's a great ensemble cast, but again, even the sum of the parts don't make the whole for me. Right. And there are some people in there. I mean, you've got the likes of, again, Idris Elba, someone that everybody appears to really like. But then you've got the likes of James Corden in there. And I know James and I like James, but I'm also very well aware that he is. I described him to someone the other day as the cilantro of the entertainment world. You either love cilantro or you hate cilantro. And it's like, there's not really. Nobody really tolerates cilantro. (laughs) Cilantro intolerance! No, nobody really tolerates cilantro. You either like it or you don't. And James Corden, I think, is, you know, can, for some people, be a massive draw, and others, a massive turn-off. And I'll be honest with you, he's on full Corden in this. Oh, yeah. You know, he's gone full Corden. So if (laughs) if you see the trailer and you're you're undecided and you don't like him, you're like... Oh, I'm avoiding that like the plague. Yes. So I think it'll be really interesting. But yeah, like you say, I think this this will be very lucky to to sort of draw 500 internationally, um, and I can see it topping out. And I think it needed that awards buzz to persuade people potentially, or you know, they needed that water cooler uh, that water cooler moment. So they need to see it because they know everybody in the office is going to be discussing it. Um, I will I'll, say this is Jeff yeah, in the booth, Jeff, producer. Hey. Yeah, the thing that kind of appeals to me about this is like the chance to kind of hate love something, and sometimes around Christmas. Christmas, there are so many awardsy movies that mm. you don't want to go see, like a really well made but depressing family drama. And you know, if I'm a family in the Midwest and it's December 26, I'm kind of like, "Eff it, I'll go watch this Crazy Cats movie." So I, I think it could perform better than we're expecting, purely because it's so bonkers. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. It, it, you see, for me, I think that's quite interesting because I think those those same people, if they have to, if they have one family outing that's going to cost a hundred dollars they're going to go for a Star Wars or a Jumanji over a let's have fun with the cats. I think they'll... Cats, I think, will find that audience, but 
when it's out of theatres or when everybody's done and dusted with seeing the movies that they want to see. And it's going to be that tail bit, I think, that's going to be... Um, it's interesting. It's an interesting point of view, though. Um, don't entirely agree with it, but it's an interesting point. Uh, Sky Palace and Simon, do you think Universal's Cats will fail at the box office? Uh, do not have a strong, wide appeal. Poor story, odd CGI visual effects, and poor marketing. Why wasn't this a streaming service film? Do you know what? I think actually making this, that's a, that's a good point that I hadn't thought of. If I was Universal, I probably would have dropped this on a Netflix on Christmas Day. And then if you're... People are more... When they, when they are not going to be out of pocket, they're less demanding. And I think, had they done this as dropping on Christmas Day, everybody's going to watch Cats on Netflix on Christmas Day. Yeah. Even if it's campy shit fun, <laughs> then people will be tweeting the fuck out of it and all of this stuff. I think that would have been a much better, much better sort of way to approach this. And this is the second holidays now where Universal are releasing a movie, second year on the trot, where they've released a major movie that they're kind of having to change their messaging on. Last year was Marwin, <laughs> you know, which everybody thought was potentially awards contender. And then when it came out, it was really not. Um, so it's an interesting positioning for them. But we'll, uh, we'll see. I'll never forget Marwin. That's uh, like going to be like my dad's our own personal fucking war zone, that <laughs> yeah, was, wasn't it? Oh, God, that was so disappointing. That movie was so heartbreaking. Never had publicists apologize when you come out of a screening before. Yeah. Uh, sweet baby Jesus, says Senor Nerds. <laughs> Jesus, I'm confident the prescription medication I'm taking are making me want to see this Cats trailer. Um... I think that's crazy. Uh, James Corden is kind of like the Graham Norton clone. Yeah, kind of. Uh, Corden is fine. Yeah, see, it's, you know, it's Graham Norton is better than, yeah, but Graham Norton's not in it. Um, no. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens with that. Okay, let's move on to uh, another topic that got a lot of people um, expressing very clear opinions this week. Star Trek IV uh, will now be <laughs> written and directed by Noah Hawley. Um, okay, so first of all, <laughs> very interesting choice. A very interesting choice. Would not have had him on a list of names at all to do with this or pretty much a lot of other projects. Star Trek Four as well. We know this has been sort of off and on for a little while because of, you know, cast issues and, and disagreements or, or whatever. Um, Star Trek Four, a wise idea full stop or just sort of let this one... This is the nail in the coffin. Okay. This is the nail in the coffin. Okay. I mean... I, listen, I I don't love the politics on film Twitter mm-hmm. at all, but I mean, there's been this this trend that has been gone going that people have always called uh, directors out and Hollywood out mm-hmm. is the white men fall upward thing, and you know yeah, I've seen I that I seen Lucy in the Sky. Unfortunately, yeah. um, which is good because nobody else did. Right, right. It literally did like. Yeah, they got my money. I actually paid for a ticket at TIFF, so they wow. they got some money okay, from cool. it. Um, but my God, like, why? I, I when I saw this news, that was I'm like that not not that guy, right? Because like this is the guy who walked out in that movie mm. at the Q and A and was like, I don't know if I'm going to be making another movie anytime soon. Before the movie even played to the audience, basically saying. To the audience, Sorry. I know this movie is not that good. Yeah. And to kind of give him a big franchise movie like this? Why? Yeah, but, I mean, I, I, I agree with you on that. I'm also thinking that potentially could this be where we were at with Fast and Furious after Tokyo Drift? Where Fast and Furious did well, 2 did okay, 3 was not particularly well received, and then you had Fast and Furious 4, and that kind of completely reinvigorated the franchise and was a massive success. But you think that guy's going to do it? No, I don't. <laughs> um, I mean, it, it, but, I mean... <sighs> the Tarantino one would have done it. It would have been yeah. something different that would have done it. Yeah. Or even a brave... If, even if it didn't do it, I think it would have been a brave nail in the coffin. This, yeah. I think, is... Is is too big of a risk for me. I don't know. I I just don't get a good feeling no. about this at all. No. Um, and it's also a director who I don't think people who already and, and Star Trek is one of those franchises that has always struggled somewhat 
when it came to its its big screen mm-hmm. uh, outings because of the, you know the, the Star Trek fan base is considerably you know different to like Star Wars, which is carried on by a completely different uh, form of um, of sort of love for that for that. Bro- the, the, these have always struggled, and it's a director who's not like going, oh well, it's a J.J. Abrams right. or a, oh it's a John Favreau or oh it's a blah blah blah. I know they did this. You don't have to go. I have in that director we trust that draw that name like a Spielberg or someone or a Tarantino. When you go, oh, it's a, it's a blah blah film. Mm-hmm. Nobody's going. Oh, it's a Noah Hawley movie. And, and Star Trek. You know, here's the problem with Star Trek. You know, as someone who grew up watching Star Trek. You you got so used to watching them on the small screen, mm-hmm. okay? So you were used to watching the original series, Next Generation, on the small screen. Where it could t- continues to thrive. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's doing well. I mean, people have mixed feelings on Discovery, but mm-hmm. it's still doing well in ratings. You know, it's, it's, it's been very successful for CBS, the all-access. And people are psyched for Picard next yeah. year. Yeah. So when you have a movie, and then the first couple of movies did fairly well. Mm-hmm. I mean, they they weren't gangbusters, but they did fairly well. You know, you had the Star Trek, the motion picture, Wrath of Khan is, yep. is, is a classic. Everyone always mentions that. You know, and then you started going down with the Undiscovered Journey or whatever the heck that movie is called. You know, and then they did Generations, which was like a train wreck. And then, oh, my God, they just kept getting progressively worse yeah. as they went on. And then they did this reboot, which fans of the original series were not really sold on yeah. and then like it was harder to sell that to new generation but i love that though i i and i enjoyed yeah. those too but like those also i felt like that last one really like i took, liked i like beyond i, I thought know? it took a step down yeah i i like beyond but i do agree that it was it was taking it in a a different thing i just don't think there's the hunger for, for there's, Star Trek there, there's not there's I not just, and, and especially not with him yeah I mean, I'm not, you know, maybe he's a great, you know, maybe he just, maybe he will be a great director one mm. day, but I think he has to, like, do some other movies first to kind of prove his worth. Yeah. Before you give him a big franchise movie. Again, let's let's use the, the Ava example. She's great at making independent films, powerful Netflix series. Wrinkle in Time? Not a good, not, not not a a good, good movie. Move. And not a good move either for her. No. It's, it's really, you know, kind of... I mean, I know she's in the middle of another major project yeah. right now. Uh, but I think that is going to be... And unfortunately, again, this does go back to the thing about, you know, some men uh, or people in the industry being able to fall up. It's like Ava's going to have, you know, one more chance to deliver a big blockbuster movie, major studio, large budget movie. And then people will, if she, if she can't, and I hope she can, because I love her vision. Yeah. And she's an amazing filmmaker and, and you know, and a great runner. But... You know, she won't get that opportunity. No. You know, and I think that's a bit of a shame. Uh, okay, a couple of other things I want <clears throat> to touch on very quickly before we uh, we move on to... got a lot of movies to talk about this week. Uh, Henry Cavill saying he's not done playing uh, the Man of Steel. There's a lot of justice to be done for Superman uh, saying this week. And obviously we'll talk briefly about the uh, the Snyder Cut uh, this week, d- despite the director and cast wishes. Warner Brothers has no plans to release the Snyder Cut. Um, okay, first of all, Henry Cavill saying he's not done playing uh, the Man of Steel. Is it just Henry Cavill that doesn't know that he's not Superman anymore? Because, I mean, Warner have been very quiet on this. And usually when it's like, no, we haven't made a decision, there's something. And there's been nothing. I I, I feel like he really wants to stay on board with this character. Right. They just need to get a good director to give him one really good movie. Mm-hmm. And then I think he'll be fine. But... The truth is, again, going back to Superman, yeah, in the eighties, Christopher Reeve, yep. like it was, it was a a big deal. But again, those movies went on; they started getting worse. And there's just not this; they don't have the same momentum as like a Batman movie. Yeah, they they just they don't. The one what was out? What was the one with Kevin Spacey where he played Lex Luthor? Oh, Superman Returns. Yeah, that one and eh, didn't do very well. Man of Steel and eh, didn't you know like. Man of Steel, I, I, I genuinely do I, like that movie. I, I do too, and I like I like Henry Cavill as Superman. I do too, and then the next one, I just, I don't know. I mean, he just this these all come down to scripts mm-hmm. and directors. Yeah, you know, when it comes to superhero movies, I don't know why, like, because you can make an actor pop if you have good material to like elevate him 100% we see it all the so time so i i think they're smart for not letting him walk if if that really is the case mm. they just need to make sure they do it right the next time and it, and they they've been able to do that like dc is is definitely on the rise they yeah. are they are they are they are getting up there they just need to do this right 
But I don't know how they're going to because I feel like there's this, always this love-hate relationship with Superha- Superman movies. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how they're going to appeal to fans. I mean, I, I genuinely think somewhere, if they pitched it somewhere between uh, The Darkness of Joker but gave gave Superman another standalone movie. Because really, I mean, obviously, you know, Batman versus Superman, Justice League. For me, Superman wasn't served particularly well in either of those movies. I think he's a great character standalone. And I would love to see another Superman movie. Man of Steel is a movie that I went to see like two or three times in movie theatres and I actually really enjoyed it. Um, so for everybody that says you're a DCU hater, actually, I'm, I really like the Spider-Man, uh, the Superman movies. Um, and I like Henry Cavill as Superman, but I just don't know. I think there's going to be so many things, and I think Joker has been a reason for this, where Warner are being given reasons to go back and revisit decisions they've made in the past and recast. And I think one of the few people who are probably safe uh, are Aquaman and Wonder Woman. I think those are two that will not be recast. No. Um, But now Batman's been recast. I think Superman, it would not surprise me if they did a recast on that. You know, they're willing to obviously change Jokers. Yeah. I mean, it's also... You know, Ben Affleck as Batman was also during a time where, like, he was going through a lot of personal stuff, yeah, too. Yeah, true, true. You know, so I don't even know if he really got a fair shake at the character. True. And it was, like, the odds were stacked against him in a lot of ways. Like, his personal life and then all this stuff. Like, people just had this this hatred towards Zack Snyder. Yeah. That didn't help. <laughs> it didn't help. Yeah. So, I, I don't know. But, um, you know, I feel like with the mixed response from Man of Steel. Yeah. Is it is it fair to give him another? You know, like I I kind of want to see him get another chance. Like maybe give him one and done kind of thing. Give I would him, give him one and done. Yeah, like let him have one more. That's one song. That final yeah. final hurrah. Yeah, and if he and if he's able to, this is a case where like if he's over, if he's able to make over a billion. Yeah. Then keep him up. Yeah. Absolutely fine. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen, though. No. I don't see that happening. Uh, so very quickly, Snyder cut. Release it. Don't release it. Don't I care. Want, I want this damn movie. You do. I do. I want this damn See, movie. See, I'm really, I'm really indifferent. It's like I actually don't care. Oh, I, I really want it. I, I do because I, I saw the Justice League. We all know, like I, I enjoy the movie, but I, I think it, it's a mess of a movie mm. because you can tell that the studio and and and, and Whedon they just they yep. mesh they messed up the vision of what it was setting out to do. Mm. And you can s- totally see the tone shifts and everything like that. Yeah. And I just think if the pieces are there even if it's not 100% fully like all the CGI is not done. Yeah. Just put it out. Yeah. Like I I remember when this movie opened, I emailed the Warner Brothers reps and I was like, "Just put the freaking movie out." Yeah. Just do it in 2 weeks, do a limited run, whatever you have to do. Let people see it. Yeah. I just, I just, and I think it's so unfair to Zack Snyder. I really do. Like yeah. the, the fucking guy, like had went through all this trauma yeah. during the time of that release. Yeah. And then for them to kind of like not even let him have, whether the movie's good or not, not to let him have his true vision be seen. Yeah. I think that's why there's all this passion for it. If it's if it's there, I would watch it. I'd be very <laughs> curious to see it. But I have to say, it's like release it or don't release it. I'm. It makes you're, no difference to me. I'm indifferent. But I, if it was there, I would definitely like to see it. And I am curious to see what his vision is. But I don't really have any strong yeah. things either way. Uh, some chat before we talk about box office and move on to the uh, the movies for this week and next week. Uh, okay, uh, Yash saying uh, Cavill's going to be too old too uh, soon. Uh, I think he's got a few more years in him. Uh, Blair Witch Project, does Henry uh, use his Superman costume as pajamas? Uh, <laughs> Yash, uh, he's 38, um, but he was awesome in Fallout and a man from Uncle. He was great in Man from Uncle. Yeah. As he, you know, he's certainly uh, fit and healthy so um i think he's got a couple of years left uh yash uh cavill uh, is such a great actor uh, they should give him another chance i think so give him another uh, superman movie uh, the blair bitch project i think cavill took that double from uh ryan reynolds uh let's say snyder cut apparently had a black suit evil superman uh yash saying um blair bitch project if the snyder cut exists why not release it yeah i mean there's no reason for them not to release I it i think it's something with warner brothers i think there's something that would come out yeah. See, this is what I think the fear is. Mm-hmm. The fear right now is that if they release that, yeah, and it actually does well, and let's say people do like it, mm-hmm. what are they going to say? Yeah. What? And then there might be all these doors that get opened because everyone's going to go to Zack Snyder and whoever else was producers and things on this movie. Why didn't we see this cut originally? Yeah. There's a lot. It's a very iffy road. Like, it's, there's it's, a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff that we, you know, we don't know, and I'm just assuming right now. Yeah. But I'm thinking, like, if it ha- if it is good, 
what it's a very kind public of, misstep. Yeah, yeah. It's a very public and, misstep. And, and they don't want that. Yeah. They don't want that. <laughs> uh, okay, and, and one other bit of news before we uh, go on to this week's big releases uh, and box office. Uh, Robocop Returns is now in the hands of the Little Monsters director, Abe Forsyth. I haven't seen Little Monsters, but I know Ashley, your wife, is a big fan of Little Monsters. Uh, yes, it's great. Which is on Hulu now, right? Yes. It's on Hulu. You should watch it if you haven't seen it. Lupita Nyong'o is fantastic. And Josh Gad's in there yeah, as well, Gatt. who's obviously got another movie coming out this week. Maybe. 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 A little one, just Maybe. a little one. Um, but Robocop Returns. I mean, I'm kind of... I love Robocop. You know, I didn't like the other movies, and I didn't <laughs> like the TV show. And I'm kind of like, we do have the original movie, which is awesome. And then there was the remake that was terrible. And I'm just like, I don't know. This guy shouldn't do it. No. It's not... Again, it's not in his wheelhouse. He hasn't proved himself yet. He, Let's just... It's too, it yeah, could be a career go. killer rather than go. a career yeah. maker. Yeah. But, um, yeah. I mean, I get why he would be excited to do it. Who wouldn't? I mean, somebody yeah. came to me like and make a Robocop movie. It's like, fuck yeah. Right. But that doesn't necessarily mean it should be made. No. Uh, people in the chat uh, continuing to talk about Snyder Cut and obviously thoughts on, on superhero and Henry Cavill. Uh, uh, Sky Patterson saying, I think that a Chris McQuarrie uh, carrying Kusama Superman film or a Patty Jenkins Alan Heinberg film uh, featuring Henry Cavill, Amy Adams and Yara Shahidi could be cool. Ooh, yeah, Yara Shahidi. Absolutely. Um, I do love her. She's great. She's also really cool. Um, okay, cool. Uh, let's talk about box office. A couple of big ones coming out this weekend because it's Thanksgiving here uh, in the US next Thursday. Um, so there's a lot of new releases. Uh, Frozen 2 uh, is out this week. Uh, Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, 21 Bridges, uh, Dark Waters also uh, hitting theaters. And then next week, uh, Knives Out. Okay, let's have a look at Frozen 2. That's probably going to be the top movie this week. Uh, posted uh, 8.5 million for Thursday evening previews uh, behind uh, the 9 million on previews for Finding Dory. Uh, and it trails the 12 million for Toy Story uh, by 3.5 million uh previews last night thursday beautiful day in the neighborhood took nine hundred thousand on thursday night which is okay i kind of predicted around a million uh, and 21 bridges took uh, seven hundred thousand uh, during t- thursday night previews uh, really frozen is looking like it's going to be top of the box office no, no real surprise there um a box office mojo predicting 120 um i think somewhere between 115 and 125 yeah, um, sounds fair. Seems about right. Um, although, you know, we'll talk about this in just a second, but the buzz is is, is just very quiet uh, on the street for this movie, uh, despite the fact it's frozen. Everybody appears to have been waiting for it for years. Uh, Ford versus Ferrari. Probably going to uh, take second place. That's currently number one. Uh, box office merger predicting 18 million for that. A beautiful day in the neighborhood. Uh, 17 million in third place, followed by 21 bridges, uh, with just under 10 million in fourth place. And playing with fire, the John Cena movie that nobody wanted uh, <laughs> is, uh, including John Cena, is uh, 4.5 million. Uh, that's kind of hanging there. I mean, that's it's going to have a couple more weeks. And then I think it's going to disappear. But Charlie's Angels is languishing in the lower end of that. Joker's still holding tight uh, last Christmas. For a Christmas movie to be predicted to be number nine in the box office four weeks before Christmas is is amazing. But there you go. Uh, amazing, unlike the movie. And The Good Lie, which I've heard mixed things about, is rounding out the top ten. OK, let's have a look at these uh, movies. First of all, let's talk very quickly about Dark Water. Okay. Uh, I saw it. I got a screener. Oh, OK. Which is good. Uh, so I saw that yesterday. Um... I know they're they're pitching it for award season uh, for a number of ways. I thought it was fine. I didn't think it was. It's no Aaron Brockovich. It just wasn't. It, it didn't go hard enough for me. I mean, great performances Anne Hathaway uh, and uh, and Mark Ruffalo. And t- uh, it's great to see Tim uh, Tim Robbins back as well in a in a nice uh, role. Um, I. It's fine. It's it's an interesting thriller, but it really wasn't. It didn't lack a. It lacked a punch for me. What did you think? Uh, I really, I was surprised okay. by it. I really enjoyed it. Um, I didn't expect anything from it at all. Yeah. Uh, I felt like uh, Focus just kind of threw it out there and hoped that it it stuck. Yeah. Uh, you know, they started pushing this movie like about a month ago. Yeah. Uh, you know, after they didn't really get the buzz they wanted for Harriet. You yes. know, they kind of like expected Harriet to have make all these big, big moves, and it kind of has fallen. You know, it's it's done okay at the box office, but yeah, uh, people have not been uh, kind to that movie. No, no. Um, you know, Dark Waters for me though. Um, oh God, what's his name? I can't believe I'm just blanking on it. Uh, Todd, who's the director of this? Todd Haynes. Yes. Todd Haynes, um, I think is a, is is a great filmmaker. Mm-hmm. Uh, he always does something different. He, he's very between Wonderstruck and Carol, and now this. Yeah, yeah. three very different movies. 
Um, this one, I think he plays it very straight. It's a very forward. There's nothing really yeah. spectacular about the direction. Just very simplistic. It's co- competent and safe. Yes. And and consistent. Mark Ruffalo's passion in, in, in front of the camera and behind the camera yeah. on this really shines through. And I feel like you can tell that he's very passionate about this story. Yeah. And I think what really sold me on this movie was the fact of how it's really what he uncovers in this movie is still affecting every single one of us. And it makes me think about how many more people have cancer and illness and if it's tying into what is being revealed to us in this film. And that's why I think it's so important to see. Do I agree with you that it's not – really a movie that I'm going to push really hard for awards? Mm. 100%. I think it has maybe, if the actor field wasn't so full this year, I would say maybe Mark Ruffalo has a chance. But to me, what's what, the reason you go see this is to see the message and like learn because I'm sure a lot mm. of people don't know about this. And the story is great. The idea behind it is 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 really good. It's a really interesting story. Um, but yeah, like I say, it's just I think it could have been it. There's a, there's a, it lacks a dynamism or a power that I would really want to see from something, especially given the um, especially given Ruffalo who can do yeah. who can convey that so well, and it's really left to him to do this. Um, but yeah, I mean it's it's fine, it's good, but it's again for me is it's not even it's nowhere near like top ten of the year level stuff. It's 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 serviceable and competent, but and interesting, but that's not I, a lot. I more. think what's interesting about this movie is that it's it's not a flashy film. Yeah. It's not like a really big like buzz movie. Yeah. It, it's one that you should see just for the importance of the story being told. Agreed. And I think people don't know enough about this story. Yeah, and, no, 100%. and it's very important. Because it probably have has affected you or your family in some way. I yeah. mean, I've never like seen a movie in recent memory where I literally went home and checked my pots and pans because I was so nervous whether I had something interesting of like Teflon in my in yeah. my house. You know, because my mom has cancer, yeah. and I, I'm thinking like, is it something where she used these these pots and pans her entire life, and this is the result of it? Yeah, and will I get it now because of that? Yeah, no, absolutely. It, it it certainly does. That that's actually probably one point actually that I I completely didn't consider, but it's actually really true. Um, but it's worth checking out. It's certainly you know, but I don't know whether people will rush to to the theaters for this. Uh, talking no, about another movie, it's that, not a movie. Go- it's not like, a movie. You people can... are not going to rush to the theater. No. Nah. Uh, Twenty One Bridges, uh, another movie that's uh, that, that's fine and serviceable, and you know, it's it's enjoyable. Um, but it's uh, it's it, unremarkable. Yeah, I mean, you talk about a movie that should go straight to streaming. Yeah, this Twenty One Bridges is a good yeah. example of that. Yeah, I mean, this this feels like an eight, late eighty, uh, late nineties, early two thousand direct to DVD mm-hmm. action movie that yep. would have starred Bruce Willis, but it's instead it's for busy? some reason stars Chadwick Boseman, who is a producer on the film as well as the Russo brothers. I mean, I mean, that was more shocking to me than anything is the level of talent. You have the guy from if Beale street could talk in this movie, yes, and I'm, James. I'm watching this movie and I seeing all these, these actors and I'm like looking at the material. I'm like, this is like something you would put on demand. Yeah. Why are these people in it, and why do they put producing credits behind it? Well, you're you're 100 right on that, um, and it's basically it's a thriller about you know uh, a Chadwick Boseman is a cop who's looking for two cop killers, and they shut down the 21 bridges of Manhattan uh, so that they can catch them on the island before dawn. Which I mean, I like as an idea to be yeah, honest with you, yeah. as a kid. But it's actually something and I I wrote a piece for Forbes on this. I spoke to Sienna and and um, Stefan um, about this, not Stefan from SNL. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Stefan, uh, who's in this yeah. again, Bill Street and a number of other things last yeah. year, um, and, uh, and the the androgynous element, the undefined element of all the characters. I actually pointed it out to, to both Sienna and Stefan and said, "Look, Chadwick Boseman is a cop." The fact that he's black is not really referenced, and you know his family story is only referenced in the fact that his father was also decorated mm-hmm. cop. Nothing is made of Sienna Miller by the fact that she's a woman in a man's world and a single mother and blah blah blah. None of that is put on the character. And Stefan is like Stefan is a criminal uh, on a, on a, on a redemption journey, but the fact that he's black is not like he's black and from the wrong side of the tracks. It's one of the few times that it is so completely vanilla. 
that all of these characters could be played by anybody. Sienna Miller's character was originally written for a man, but they took her and they put her in it, and she was interested in the character, so they, so they flipped it to being a woman. And it's because it's a blessing and a curse by the fact nothing is put onto these from these sort of background stories. They're not drawn in that way. And I think because of that, as much as it actually helps, because it doesn't put this story onto them, it doesn't really put a story onto them. These are just people doing a thing in a thing. And there's, they're just doing their jobs. And there's nothing really sort of to build the meat on those bones. I, I, refreshing to see... Because, you know, those tropes are avoided, but also then you have no tropes. It didn't do anything for, it didn't do anything for me at yeah. all. I mean, it, this is literally like I sat there for whatever, the hour and 45 minutes, and I just went like this the entire time. Because there's, there's no excitement in this movie. Yeah. There's, there's nothing that stands out. It's predictable. You, just, you know, I'm just sitting there and I'm watching these actors who, mm. and I'm like, you guys should be in a better movie. You deserve better. Yeah. And I agree with your points. But, like, give them something to do. And, and like, I, I'm, I, mean, I know it's this joke. Everyone jokes about this movie because it's called 21 Bridges. But it's like, have something happen on a freaking bridge. Show us some bridges. Like, it should have been District 85 or whatever the, the district was that they found yeah. out a big plot reveal about in the movie. That's what the movie should have been called. Yeah. Because at least it was like, it actually served some reference. They, they mentioned it once that they're shutting down the bridges, but nothing ever plays out. There's no. nothing in the streets. There's not like, it's just, uh, but also, also they called it a different number of bridges. Like it was like <laughs> 17 bridges. I'm like, where the fuck did you get four extra bridges yeah. from? Um, but yeah, I mean, it's fine. You know, I, I quite, I enjoyed it. I, it reminded me. And again, that this is something we talk about in this, this piece for Forbes that yeah. I wrote. Um, it reminds me of the cop movies from the seventies, eighties and nineties, uh, where it was like, it was just cops doing cop thing, cops and robbers. Um, but again, you know, there's not really anything else. It's fine. You know, it's, it's fine. And no one's, and, and the, the Again, this goes to show you that it doesn't really matter who's in a movie. I don't. Where is this movie coming in? Where is it? Where is it ranking on the box office? Uh, it's ranking. Uh, they're saying it's going to be uh, fourth. Uh, yeah, fourth behind a beautiful day in the neighborhood. I mean, I with the take of about w- ten. With, with the actors involved with this, you know, Chadwick coming off of Black Panther, mm-hmm. wouldn't you expect this movie to do better? It's not going to. No. I, I actually think it might even underperform those numbers. I think I think it's going to be very interesting to see how how audiences sort of engage with it. There's just not. I think people are like are interested to see the movie, but I mean, someone was just saying in the chat, uh, Twenty One Bridges. Uh, this is from Sky. Twenty One Bridges uh, looked interesting to me, but definitely seems like a streaming so, streaming service movie. And we touch on that in the piece because Stefan's like he's really pleased, and Sienna took it knowing that it was going to be a theatrical release. If it was streaming, I don't think she would have done it. Mm. Um, and Stefan was like, it's nice to have these movies that are these middle middle ground movies. Movies, mid-budget, middle-ground movies that are getting into theatres these days because they do a lot of them just get put to streaming. But to be honest with you, I mean, I don't know whether it really warrants being in, in theatres, but, I mean, you'll get, you'll get the scope and scale, um, but there's a lot that you could probably watch when it's streaming. Uh, OK, also, uh, we've got uh, just under 10 minutes left on the show, so A Beautiful Day in the Neighbourhood. Uh, let's talk about that very briefly. A movie that everybody was like, oh, my God, this is going to be an awards movie. Uh, and that has quietened down a lot. I think Tom Hanks, who's great uh, in this, um, I-, I think it could potentially still get a, a-, a nod come awards season uh, as Mr. Rogers. Um, but I don't, I don't think he's going to win. And a lot of people are not exactly responding favorably to the Matthew Reese uh, storyline in this. It's more of a, it's less of a Mr. Rogers movie and more of a redemption story that also has Mr. Rogers in it. Um, I thought it was fine. I enjoyed the movie, to be honest with you. I, you know, I did, I did enjoy it. But uh, it's not what I was expecting, and it's not as good as the documentary. Your thoughts on this? Uh, this was my most anticipated movie of the year. I know. Uh, and I went to this at Toronto at the world premiere. I made sure that I went to the, yep. the world premiere screening, even though I missed out on two other movies. And it did not meet my expectations. Okay. But um, I think it's being horribly mismarketed. I think it, it it sells this movie as the Tom Hanks is Mr. Rogers movie. And that's not the movie you get. And that is not the movie you get. That being said, um, Tom Hanks is great. He captures the mannerisms and the essence of Mr. Rogers. Yep. And every time that he's on screen, the movie goes from like a five to like a nine. The problem is Matthew Reeves. Uh, I just, he's such a downer and such an ugly and depressing character that it, I know what they're going for being the polar opposite. Mm. 
but he's just such a downer and everything in his life is so negative that even the moments that are very powerful, there's a diner scene in this movie yep. where it's like a, a moment of silence that I, I think is, is incredible. I haven't seen this movie since Toronto. I still remember that scene. I thought it was so emotional and powerful that you you would hope that something would have came and changed after that. Yet yeah, it the character just goes back. And I understand that people don't change overnight and it takes some time. I just never felt like the character even remotely grew yeah. as the movie went on. There's and no moments of clarity. There's no coda. There's no benchmark. There's no turning point. Yeah. And it just kept going and going and yeah. going with that. And I, it's like this movie would probably be, I mean, hated, universally hated if Tom Hanks wasn't in it. I, I really, mm. I really feel like... If you you took this story, took Mister Rogers out of it, you wouldn't see it. Uh, no one would see it. No. no one would see it. And and the sad thing about this movie is, after Won't You Be My Neighbor, yeah. which I I still think is one of the best which documentaries I, ever freaking made. And I'm still amazed that that didn't get even that didn't get uh, Oscars last year. I'm still amazed because it would have won. I'm still just fucking confuses me. Yeah, how that wasn't on I, the short. I don't understand either. Just crazy. And but the fact that that movie was so great yeah. and like told you all this interesting things about him that you had the the perfect time. Yeah. To make a Mr. Rogers biopic, which yeah. is what people want. Yeah. And I think audiences are going to be pissed if they turn out for this and they're expecting a Mr. Rogers biopic, which again, the Mr. Rogers element is very much something that's been put to the fore on this, not the Matthew oh, Reese character. Or the marketing. Yeah. And then you go and it's it's not that movie. It's really not that movie. Um, I mean, I thought, I thought it was fine. You know, I didn't dislike it kind of as much as no, you did. No, I think it's, no, no, I, I, I think it's fine too. Yeah. The thing is just that, again, my expectations were so high for it. And like, again, I was expecting something different. Yeah. You don't market a movie and tell me it's going to be this, and then I go see it, and it's about this other character that I don't care about. Especially when you're paying 20 bucks a right. ticket, and you, you'll be pissed. Uh, people in the... <laughs> Mr. Rogers is Marvel, right? Lol. Zena Hour. <laughs> Come on. That's ridiculous. TCU, clearly. Uh, Zena, uh, Eon 001. Uh, I have no real idea who Mr. Rogers is. More of an American icon. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and uh, Eon yeah. is from the UK. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I knew Mr. Rogers because I have always been fascinated by, with American popular culture, so I know, but I guarantee uh, in, in non-domestic markets, people are going to wonder who the fuck Mr. Rogers is. When I was in um, uh, 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 Philadelphia, uh, no, um, uh, Pennsylvania, where was I? Pittsburgh. Um, Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. And I went to see, uh, I went to a, a museum there about a year ago, and they had a big Mr. Rogers thing. And my wife, who's got dual nationality, really had no idea who Mr. Rogers was. And I was like, I, I loved it. But yeah, not, it's fine. You know, I don't think this is going to get the awards love it. it perhaps was perceived that it would garner. Uh, maybe a nod for, for Tom Hanks. But uh, let's talk about a movie that's coming out next week, because obviously it's Thanksgiving, yes. so we're not going to be here. Uh, don't forget to give those thanks, everybody. Uh, Knives Out. Uh, this is uh, Ryan uh, coming back after, obviously, Last Skywalker. This is him coming up for air and doing something that was just going to be a fun thing to make. Um, it's, I mean, I, I had fun with this movie, but I didn't love this. As much as some people did, um, I, I really enjoyed it. For me, it's a it's a seven, possibly an eight out of ten, uh, but it's not a ten out of ten movie for me for no particular reason. Um, I just enjoyed it rather than loved it. Uh, your thoughts on this? I mean, the cast is amazing. Yeah, cast is amazing. I loved it. Yeah. I mean, I, I think this was the biggest surprise out of Toronto for me this year. Interesting. Uh, I went to see this and I was just I was kind of blown away mm. because. I think we, we go, as critics and as people in the industry, that whenever we talk about a comedy that's a murder mystery, we always go to Clue. And mm. I actually think that this movie's better than Clue. I really, really do. Interesting. And I think what, what Ryan was able to do with this film and bring it into modern times, but yet still captured the, the essence of you know the old school murder mysteries, whether it was Columbo or whatever, yeah. Agatha Christie... I think that he was able to kind of blur those lines perfectly. Mm. And the cast is phenomenal. And the dialogue yeah. of, that comes out of Genius. some of these characters' mouths is great. I mean, Tony Collette has this line about influencers, Daniel Craig's whole bit about donuts. I mean, there's just great things about it. I, I it's one of the best written movies of the year. Oh, 100%. It should get screenplay. Yeah. I mean, you, you don't have a clever screenplay. Screenplay and cast is mm. where I, I'm really voting for this movie. Interesting. Because I think 
you can't even though everyone loves avengers this is a better cast like in terms yes, of like I the agree. cast like I working agree. and interacting with one another yeah. and being so different this is a strong for cast. me for screenplay i think it's it's this it's it's joker and it's um rocket man yeah screenplay for me this year two popes Two, ah, t- fuck two popes. Two yeah. popes. Really yeah. strong writing. Really strong writing, actually. Damn it! Knives <laughs> uh, out. Yeah, I mean, I, I really enjoyed this, and I've got a, I've got a fun interview with Ryan coming up on Forbes next week, uh, which is, which is, you know, will be, make interesting reading, uh, hopefully for people. Uh, but Knives Out, it's just, a, it's just a really good, fun, entertaining movie. It's just a very reassuring movie. It's different in the fact, too. And I, I just, yeah, and I don't, I, I, it's one of those movies where I don't think there's any reason for someone to dislike it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think anybody's going to come out with it with an adverse opinion again, <laughs> like, well, that was shit, or it wasn't very funny, or because it has, all the tones that it has, and it has numerous tones in there, are all perfectly balanced. For yeah. me, it's like a really nice cocktail of a movie. Um, it's great. I mean, there's really nothing to, to say against this movie, but it, I just didn't love it as much as some other people. But certainly it was a very, very satisfying watch and yeah. very interesting and it's 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 like watching a dance the way that everybody works with each other it's um it's beautifully done uh, and before we go we should let it go with frozen 2 uh finally hitting theaters uh seems like every single parent in the world has been waiting for this movie um finally set up so they can shut up about it um it's always difficult to come off the back of the, of, of, a, of a hugely popular movie where when frozen came out nobody saw that coming and it became this huge pop culture phenomenon um frozen 2 was always going to be it was going to be difficult to do as well as the first one your thoughts on this first of all because we feel differently about this film okay um i just i thought it was horribly horribly mediocre and i felt like this is one of those instances where Disney was doing a cash grab. Yeah. This, this, um, there's character wardrobe changes in this movie where you literally just go, oh, my God, that's for merchandise. It's for completely merchandi- fucking pointless. Yeah, that it's yeah. just for merchandise. There's characters that are introduced, yeah. uh, including a cute little iguana that you think is going to play a very big role in the story, does nothing. Just much. Uh, Just much. And honestly, my big concern, and I'm surprised about the lack of conversation about this mm. because I don't know why I'm bothered by this and so many people are sweeping it underneath the rug. You have this story that is going to be about the, the origins of Elsa and, and the family. And then you have people of color and Native American characters in this movie. And it does nothing with them. It yeah. does nothing with them. Absolutely nothing. Mm. It's like it introduces them. You get these actors to voice them. And you have Sterling Cape Round for Christ's sake. And his character gets nothing to do. Yeah. And I, that, to me, was the most troublesome thing about this movie. Mm. Is that you have that and you do nothing with You treat them as, like, secondary characters. Don't give them any backstory. Don't give them anything to do. And then at the end, you just... No. I mean, I, I, I liked it more than you. I had yeah. fun with it. And there are certain elements. There's there's one particular number in there where it's played like an 80s music video. <laughs> yes, and I've got to be yes. honest with you, that was inspired genius. I yes, had a hell of a good time with yes, that. Even at 90 minutes, I still feel it was a little bit flabby. It, you know, they could have cut 10 to 15 minutes out of it. The costume changes were, again, something for me that kind of grated a little bit. There were lots of elements where, like you say, you just felt this is just for merch. Um, but as a movie, I, I think it was good. It's not as good as the original Frozen. Uh, it's not far off, but I think it's... You know, it it really doesn't reach those heights. But for me, it's just the music and the dynamism of the original um, just wasn't here this time. It didn't have those memorable uh, tunes. I genuinely don't know if the the song that's featured in this is going to win Best Original Song when it gets to awards season. That's how it's being pitched, but I don't know if it will. It just wasn't strong enough. I love the original soundtrack. A lot of characters pop in from the first movie uh, for no real apparent reason. No. Um, And there are a lot of characters from the first film who had speaking parts who just appear in this movie and don't really do anything. Um, And also, I mean, this is really Josh Gad's movie. I mean, (laughs) And I know a lot was talk. Everybody was talking about this being, as you say, the big Elsa story. Yeah, but this was all about Olaf. They get, they get the, they get the shaft. They get the the, the story. The script does nothing with Anna and Elsa. No, underserved. It really, and especially Elsa. And it ends. This must be her story. Yeah, and it's like they forget about her halfway through the movie. Yeah, Um, but you know, Olaf has all these character developments that never get explained. They're yeah. just like, now he could be in the sun. And then they just like write it off in one line in dialogue. Yeah. He knows how to read. How? No talk about it. No backstory. Like, not, like I mean, I know they're small 
minor details, but when you take all those little things yeah. and put them together with the other stuff that I was talking about, plus the music, yeah. you got a big, messy problem. It felt like a mess. And one thing I watched when I, I saw it uh, at, the, at the El Capitan last yeah. Saturday, and it was an audience, obviously a lot of kids there, um, and it was interesting to see the reactions of the kids, a lot of kids fidgeting and moving around. So that, for me, was really telling by the fact that the core audience who were desperate to be there, um, and really it's aimed at them, they were not as engaged with it as they have been. I remember when I saw Frozen, it was like they were just staring at the screen. It was incredible. Um, but, yeah, it didn't hold that that younger end of the audience. It's a bit darker, which I think was quite interesting because that hardcore Frozen audience has grown up a little bit, um, and so they can possibly deal with something that's a bit more of a demanding and darker storyline. But, again, nothing really that interesting was was done with it. I also um, thought the visuals and the color of the movie wasn't as strong as the first it one. It was not as visually striking as the first one. Yeah, which no. is the first time in, in, in a very long time that I saw a Disney movie yeah. where I didn't want to come out of it and, and praise the colors and the yeah. visuals. Yeah, it, fe- I just, it, it felt very sort of blue tones, gray tones. Yeah. It was very muted, um, even when they went back to, to the town. Uh, and it, an interesting thing, but I don't think it's particularly worked. I mean, it's going to bring people in, you oh, know, box it's... office, and it's going to do fine. So it doesn't really matter whether it's good or not. Um, but I thought it was fine. I mean, like, like I say, it's kind of not as good as the first one for me, but I did enjoy it. Um, but it, it certainly it has its problems. It, and it's critic-proof. I mean, this it is, is critic It's like The Lion yeah. King. It's, it doesn't matter how, how I feel about it, how Simon feels about it. This is this is a movie that you know. Normally, we can say on this show, like if you're interested, go see it. This is a movie where like nobody cares what the critics say, and they're going to see it. Yeah, no, one hundred percent. We are talking of uh, of time. We actually we've run out of it. A um, couple of things in the comments. Uh, Sky Patterson, Simon, uh, do you think that if Disney continued Frozen as a four part limited TV series on Disney Plus, uh, it would gain better appeal? Yes, I think it would. Uh, I agree. The other Scott M that Frozen Two is a cash grab. Uh, do you think there'll be an Olaf spinoff? Um, no, because no. that 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 little short did very poorly. Yeah, uh, Jack Dennis, as opposed to making almost a guaranteed billion dollars at the box office, Sky uh, Disney ain't letting that go. Nope. Yep, and Sky saying I like the original Frozen film i didn't love it uh, i'm not going to see the frozen sequel i would rather see a live action fi- uh, a live action film adaptation of the snow queen uh by disney uh hashtag uh yes snow queen uh sky patterson agreed 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 everybody agrees that frozen 2 it's out <laughs> it's out uh scott menzel thank you so much for being on the show uh today uh where, where can people find you on social media sure you can find me on twitter and instagram at the other scott m Uh, My name is Simon Thompson. You can find me at showbizsimon uh, on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, Check out my piece that's coming out next week with Ryan Johnson, uh, talking about Knives Out. That's going to be on Forbes and also the producer of uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. had a great chat with her the other week, actually, so looking at some of the money and stuff around that. And also, there's a little bit of an inside thing on what the new form of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood's going to see when it hits streaming. Hmm, Could it be split up like Hateful Eight? (laughs) Could be. Okay, take a look. Have a great weekend, everybody. Have a great week. Have a great Thanksgiving. I'll be back in two weeks' time. So... Take your pants off, watch some movies, <laughs> have a good time, and don't forget to give those thanks. Thanks, everybody. From producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. <laughs>